Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Chapter 17, verse 4 through 8. First Samuel, chapter 17, verse 4 through 8. Landmark. Thank you for allowing me to be your pastor, and you folks are tremendous people. I love you, and I thank you for being you, amen, and for allowing me and my wife to be us. We can't be anybody else. We are just us, so thank you for allowing that. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 4, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between the shoulders. I don't know why they use the word target of brass. Good place to shoot at there, I guess. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine, and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man... Uh, choose you a man for you and let him come down to me if he be able to fight with me and kill me then will we be your servants but if I prevail against him and kill him then shall ye be our servants and serve us and serve us I want to preach to you on this subject today the other side of a miracle The other side of a miracle. We've got to look to the other side of that miracle today. Amen. Let's lift our hands again. If you lay your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord and thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for the miraculous. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles of the Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. God bless you, you may be seated. The other side of a miracle. If we were to take the time and have testimony today, we could most definitely talk all day long about the miraculous hand of God that has moved in this church body and how God is healed and delivered and set free. We've prayed prayers. He's come through. He's answered prayers. And we've seen enough miracles that we could be here all day testifying of the miraculous power of God. So since we have seen so many miracles, why would we ever doubt God? Here we are in a building that's totally paid for. This whole campus is paid for. The only thing we have to deal with is is uh, maintenance and upkeep on this place, but it's paid for. It's a miracle from God, and thank the Lord for that. Amen. 
But, you know, we, we've seen enough miracles. Why wouldn't we believe in a miracle? Matter of fact, I know that there's miracles that are all around us. Every day we, we come in contact with miracles, and we don't even think about it as being a miracle. But we know that in life in general, there is miracles all around us. Some might not think of this as a miracle, but it is. There was, it was written by William Jennings Bryan, and he said these words in a, a long uh, couple of paragraphs. I was eating a piece of watermelon, and knowing I'm, I brought this up because I know it's 4th of July, and we're going to be, I don't eat watermelon, but I know you will be. But um, I'll be eating chocolate and ice cream, by the way. But uh, he said that I was eating a piece of watermelon some months ago and was struck by with his beauty. I took some of the seeds and weighed them and found that it would require some 5,000 seeds to weigh a pound. 5,000 seeds to weigh a pound. And then I applied mathematics to a 40-pound melon. One of these seeds put into the ground when warmed by the sun and moistened by the rain goes to work. It gathers from somewhere 200,000 times its own weight and forcing this raw material through a tiny stem constructs a watermelon. It covers the outside with a coating of green. Inside of the green it puts... Eat it and enjoy it. Everything that grows tells a like story of infinite power. Why should I deny that a divine hand fed a multitude with a few loaves and fishes when I see hundreds of millions fed every year by the hand which converts the seeds scattered over the field into an abundant harvest? Why should I doubt the mighty divine hand of God? We know that food can be multiplied in a few months' time. Shall we deny the power of the Creator to eliminate the element of time when we have gone so far in eliminating the element of space? You might not look at this as a miracle because it's something that is all around us. We can go to the store and buy it. We don't even think of the power of the hand of God that brings forth these miracles each and every day. We don't think of the power of a miracle of us taking a breath of breath into our lungs right now and breathing the oxygen that God put into our nostrils in our lives. We're not thinking about the miracle of the heart and how that it beats so many beats per minute and flows blood through our system and through the cells of our body. We don't even think about it because it's just a miracle that is always with us. We don't even consider it sometimes as a miracle, but God is a miracle working God here today. 
There are miracles all around us each and every day. And we believe in the miracle because we have seen the other side of this miracle many times. I've got miracles in my life. You've got miracles in your life. And you can testify to the fact that God is still in the miracle working business. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. We believe in the miracle because we have seen the other side of this miracle many times. We believe in the miracle of a a watermelon that grows from one seed planted in the ground, but it's God that brings forth the harvest. It's God that works out the miracle. And we believe when we plant harvest, that harvest will, or when we plant a seed, that harvest will come. How many times have you doubted that when you plant a seed that something's going to come forth out of it? The more we experience, the more miracles will become normal in our lives. I believe that as Pentecostals, as apostolic Pentecostals, what we need in this hour is we need more miracles. We need more faith. We need more supernatural power of God because God wants to perform miracles. He wants to heal people's bodies. He wants to deliver people from the the depths of sin. He wants to lift them up. He wants to give them a deliverance like they couldn't find on their own. I'm talking about a God that desires to work miracles because he is a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Amen. We need more miracles in this hour. We need more simple faith. And the more miracles we see, the more we're going to believe it. The more we see it firsthand, the more it's going to become commonplace to us. Amen. But we find in the book of 1 Samuel a very beautiful, a beautiful story of a man named David, just a young lad, but he was not looking at the face value of the enemy and the struggle that he was faced with. What David was doing was he was looking around to the other side of the miracle and he was speaking faith of what God can do. But it says in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 17 through 11, or 3 through 11, there's several verses here that focus only on the attributes of an enemy. It says here, the Bible says it, that the Philistines realized it, and the Israelites were also talking about the champion called Goliath. It says here in 1 Samuel 17, verse 3 through 11, and the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, And there was a valley between them, and there went out a, they use the word champion. There went out a champion. He must have had a reputation. He must have had a reputation of being able to fight battles. Of course, he was big. He was was a giant, and he was feared by many. And they called him a giant, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height, they began to describe everything about this enemy. His height was six cubits in span, and he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. He had all of the armor on, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. 
and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. Verse 7, and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and your servants to Saul? Choose you a man, you uh, choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. Verse 10, and the Philistines said, I def- Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And verse 11 says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You know why they were dismayed and greatly afraid is because their focus was on the struggle. The focus was on the enemy. Every detail of the height and width and the weight of these armor pieces and how much of a giant he was. It was even said in the Bible that some of his offspring even had six hands on one hand and six toes on one foot. He was a giant of a man. But if you take all of the details of the enemy and you take all the details of the struggle and you begin to focus upon all the details, yes, you will cower down, you will back up, you will quit, and you will not fight on because you will just give in to the struggle that is there. You will just learn to live with the struggle. You will learn to walk with the struggle. You will learn to just try to fit in with the struggle. But you see, that's the problem. You got to stop looking at the face value of the struggle. You got to take a peek around the corner somehow and you got to look on the other side of the miracle because there is a miracle working God that wants to perform a miracle in your life. If you only look at the enemy and the struggle, you're going to fail. You're going to fall. You're going to falter and you're going to be fearful and you're going to fail in your life. You see, we begin to believe in doubt. We begin to believe in defeat when we evaluate the enemy and how big it is and how vast it is and how much smack that he talks to us and how many lies he says. But I'm here to tell you today, I've got a word for this church. It's time for us to stop looking and evaluating the enemy and listen to what David said. He didn't focus on the enemy he focused on the God of a miracle amen we begin to believe in those doubts we begin to believe in those defeats and when we begin to evaluate the enemy and think that this is the only way it's always going to be it's never going to be any other way it's always going to be defeat it's always going to be struggle it's always going to be a heartache but David David was different 
David was a young lad that had seen some miracles. You see, the more the miracles you see and you experience in your life, the more we're going to see miracles. We can't let up on the miracles. The world needs to see the miraculous power of our God. The world needs to see the faith of the people of the Lord that have been there, that have sickness has been taken away and, and cancer been removed. I found out just today, my dad didn't even tell me, but I found out that he had a growth on his hairline behind his ear. Didn't even tell me he's one of those kind of guys that just doesn't want to bother anybody. But he had a growth there, and he didn't know if it was cancer. He was thinking about going to the doctor, but he just said that he stopped and began to pray and ask God to heal him. He didn't know what it was, but when you begin to evaluate the size of it, and you begin to evaluate the thoughts of the enemy feeding your mind that that could be cancer or that could be something else. And when it was all said and done, he just said a simple prayer and had a simple faith. And the next day, that thing was gone. It was not to be found. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes, we have a miracle-working God. Amen. Church, we are miracle people. We are people of the name. We're people of the word. We stand upon the word of God. We're not going to back down from the word of the Lord. But you know, the, the struggle of defeat only comes as you begin to size up the enemy and how big he is. Yes, yes, the enemy is bigger than you. He's bigger than me, but he's not bigger than our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But David, he was different. David was talking about how great and how powerful God is. He didn't talk about how big and how great that the enemy Goliath was. He didn't do that. He was talking about how big and how great and how victorious his God is. It said here in 1 Samuel, he spoke it out of his mouth, 1 Samuel 17, 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the pall of the lion. That was a miracle that he seen and put pump faith into his heart. And the Lord that delivered me out of the pall of the lion and out of the pall of the bear, another miracle that he had seen, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. It goes on down in this chapter. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 through 48, listen to what David said. He was focusing upon his God. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. He didn't size up the sword. He didn't size up the spear. He didn't size up the shield. He knew that they were there, but he began to size up his God. Amen. As he said, Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. He was sizing up his God. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear that they're all sizing up. There's going to be victory, not in the spear, not in the sword, not in the armor, but that there's going to be a victory in our God. Oh, yes. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into, his, into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted. He didn't, he didn't wait around. He hasted because he was excited about what God was going to do. Amen. He was ready to see a miracle. He was ready to see a victory. And the Bible says that David... Uh, hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. You see, when you're convinced that the bigness and vastness of the enemy is not big enough for your God, then you're going to run to that battle because you know you got victory. Victory is ours. Out of all the armor that was described in the 17th chapter of the first Samuel, out of all of the armor on Goliath, the brass helmet, the, the mail, the breastplate, all of these things covered from head to toe. There was one place that wasn't covered. You know, God doesn't need a big spot to take care of an enemy. All he needed was a little spot right there in the forehead area. He didn't have to have any other place, just a little spot for a smooth stone to hit the forehead of Goliath, knock him unconscious as it was sinking into the forehead of his skull. He laid there on the ground, and the very words that David spoke in faith because he was sizing up his God and not sizing up the enemy, he walked over and used the, old, the sword of Goliath and cut his head off. Amen. That's what happens Church, that's what happens when you stop sizing up the struggle and you start sizing up the vastness of our God. Miracles take place. Wonders of the Lord take place. So God preserved a small little spot on his forehead for a smooth stone to penetrate. You see, with God, all you need is a glimmer of hope. <laughs> with God, all you need is a simple faith with God, all you need is just a little chance for God to perform a miracle. Amen. One thing that me and my pastor have always tell to each other, you're set up for a miracle. When you're in the place of struggle, you're set up for a miracle. God doesn't need a whole lot to work a miracle. He just speaks the word and it comes to pass. Amen. But all God needs is just a, just a little glimmer of faith, just a little glimmer of hope. And God can work some miracles. But when we look at struggles, when we look at struggles, a lot of times we as human beings, we talk about how we will always live with this sickness. We talk a lot of times when we start sizing up the struggle, we, we talk about how that we're always going to live with this struggle. We're going to always live with this situation. It will never change. It will never change. We'll just have to live with it. When we start sizing up the struggle, we look at the financial struggle and we say, and this financial struggle is going to make me lose everything. It's going to make me lose my house. It's going to make me lose my job. It's going to make me lose my car. 
It's going to make me lose everything I've got. Can't even feed my family. When we're sizing up the struggle, oh, we, we begin to lose. We, we think we're going to lose it all. Others making false accusations to you, telling lies. You think that your reputation is going to be ruined, but truth will prevail. Let me tell you something. Truth will prevail. And we begin to fear temptation. We think when temptation comes that we're going to, it's going to make us fall into sin. We got all of these things, these fears that line up as we begin to take the tape measure out and begin to measure the size and vastness of these enemies that are trying to destroy your life. Temptation is going to bring me down. No, it doesn't have to. Amen. Not if you'd stop sizing up the enemy and the struggle and you start sizing up God. Amen. Amen. My marriage will never be trusted again. That's what we say because we're sizing up the struggle. My family died of cancer. My family died of heart disease. So I guess I'm going to die of the same thing. But we're sizing up the enemy of our soul. But instead... Why don't we start talking about how the size of our God is? That God doesn't need a whole lot. He can, he can take what you got and He can make a miracle out of it. Oh, yes. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Oh, we've got a God that is a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Amen. Instead, how about talking about how great God is? In that financial struggle, amen. Malachi 3, 10, and 11. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And God is saying to us, prove me. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out upon you blessings that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will also not just stop there. I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. We're talking about a God. He's saying, prove me. Come on. Come on, prove me. Prove me. See what I can do. That's the problem. We don't prove him. We, we're proving the struggle. We're proving the enemy. We're proving that he can tear us down. No, prove God. Prove God in faith. When's the last time you stepped out and everybody thought you was crazy and you just said, God's going to heal my body. God's going to take care of my situation. God is going to take care of my finances. I could go through this congregation today and I could say to each and every one of us, if we would raise our hand, that, that how many here have had financial struggles? I'm telling you, we, all of us could raise our hand, but guess what? We're still here. God didn't let us down. God didn't feel it. How many, how many times have we, uh, you know, we've, we've battled certain situations, depression or whatever, and we, we look at it like it's going to bring us down. But you know what? Many have fought depression. Many have fought uh, abuses in their life. But guess what? You're still here. You haven't been destroyed. You, you're still here because there's a God we got to start sizing up. He's bigger than our struggle. He's bigger than our sickness. He's bigger than our heartache. He's bigger than our pain. Let God be proved here today. <laughs> Let God be proved here today. 
Amen. Are you sick? Isaiah 53 and 5, with his stripes, we are healed. That's what the Bible says. Yes. I'm talking about a God that is bigger than our sickness. Amen. Luke 6 and 38. Why don't we size up God when we say, as the scripture says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. That's my God. That's my God. We're only looking at the face of our struggle. Take a peek around the corner at the miracle. You got to get another view of the miracle. That's the people of faith that have everything. That's the people that are believing. And yes, yeah, sometimes those people of faith, as I've mentioned before, they're crazy people. They're crazy people. They say things that people don't believe. You know why? Because they say things that is truth. It's the Word of God. Amen. Sometimes people will, you, you always get opposition when you're speaking faith. Oh, it's not going to happen. The doctor says this. The, you know, the, 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 the common sense says this. No. When you look into the Word of God, this is not based, this is common sense. This is common sense all the way through it. But it's common sense in faith. It's common sense of God. Amen. I would rather put my trust in faith in God than in the reality of what I could touch, feel, taste, see, hear. Oh, yes. I'd rather put my trust in the faith in God. I've just seen too much. You have seen too much. But we can stop and look at the testimonies. We've got a view on the other side of the miracle. We pray for a miracle, but we've been there to the other side of a miracle. God has brought us through. When the miracle has come to pass, all of a sudden, hindsight is twenty-twenty. We have perfect vision. <laughs> When God comes through, we all of a sudden see. I see it. I believed it all along. Well, you might have struggled with that belief, but you know, sometimes it even says in the Bible, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. If there's any unbelief, God, I want it settled. I want to look at the other side of the miracle. And when we look at the miracle after God takes care of it, we understand more clearly what God can do the next time, the next time, and the next time that he's so much bigger. He's so much bigger than our struggle. My saying as a pastor, and I've said this probably many of you here today, that one of these days you will look back at this struggle and see how God's hand was in it all. Through it all, God hand walked with you. And you might not see it now because it's so easy to look at how big the struggle is. But one of these days, as you continue to walk in faith and you just continue to take steps of faith, you're going to look back at this and say, God had his hand where he helped me through this. He's, he guided it this way. It was an unusual way. God does things unusual. He's not like us. His ways are far above our ways. But one of these days, you're going to look back at the struggle. If you put your trust in God, that's the key. Not putting your trust in yourself are you going to look back. 
But if you put your faith and size up how big our miraculous God is and put your faith and trust in Him, you're going to see where God had His hand guiding you through the struggle, through the storm, through the heartache, through the pain. And you're going to get to a place where deliverance comes, deliverance comes. How about looking at the results first instead of last? Look at the miracle worker instead of fear. Look at the miracle worker instead of fear. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report, Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You see, just as our physical eyesight is the sense that gives us evidence of the material world, faith is the sense that gives us evidence of the invisible spiritual world where the miracles are. We've got to look on the other side of a miracle. Look at the substance of the evidence, not focusing on things not seen, but looking through eyes of faith. Peek around the corner at the other side of that miracle. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, in the very beginning... The, angel, the creatures, the angels had not seen light like the Lord had said. There would be light, although there was light that came from him. But the Bible says, Genesis 1 and 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. No creation, not the angels of heaven, physically saw the light that he was going to create until God spoke the miracle into being. Then they caught a glimpse of the other side of the miracle of light. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 33 and 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Psalms 33 and 9, For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. That's God. When he speaks it, it comes to pass. All he needs is just a little spot to kill your struggle. By faith, let God speak your miracle into existence. You see, we view the miracle from the other side, the after effects. We call it a miracle. How about calling it a miracle before it happens? How about speaking it before it happens? Look to the completion when all is well. And you're looking at the other side of the miracle. You see in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it's all about the hall of fame of faith. The hall of fame of faith. By faith, Noah built an ark. It was a difficult situation. Hebrews 11 and 7, by faith Noah being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, 
moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness for which is by faith. And we're still talking about that miracle today. He could have sized it up. Yeah, he sized up the boat because that's the dimensions God gave him, but he didn't size up the struggle. He put his faith in sizing up his God, and out of that came redemption for him and his family. Hebrews 11, 11 and 12, by faith Sarah conceived. She was up in years. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one in him as good as dead, as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. She was up in years, and when she began to size up that promise, she began to look at the struggle and the enemy of her age and of her husband. But yet, when God got through, she got a view and a glimpse of the other side of the miracle. You see, I believe that Sarah, I believe that Noah, I believe that they called it a miracle before it ever happened. They spoke things that were not as though they were because they were looking around to the other side of the miracle. Hebrews eleven seventeen and 19. By faith Abraham offered Isaac. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He was tried. That was his dilemma. That was his struggle. Offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham had faith to look beyond the struggle and believe God. He even spoke it out of his mouth because he was looking around to the other side of the miracle when it comes to pass and the results come. The miracle was his. And then the chapter goes on, those that take another view of the finished results of their miracle. The results, the results of faith, simple faith. Hebrews eleven thirty three through 35 says, who through faith, this is where we're at. It's talking about those that express faith, but this is where we're at. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of a weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection, but they were conquerors, they were victorious because of faith, because they had a sense of not just sizing up the enemy, but looking at the God behind the miracle. The God behind the miracle. We're talking about a God that wants to deliver and set free today. We're talking about a God that wants to Overcome your struggle. They weren't looking the need in the eye with fear. No. 
These in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. These were people that received miracles. This is how you receive miracles. How many want to receive a miracle in your life? Raise your hand. They weren't looking the need in the eye with fear. They were looking at the other side of their miracle. They were looking into the eyes of a God that can work things out, which is the speaking of a word. And that's what God is saying to us today. What about your need? As we stand here today, well, what about your need? What about your need today? What about it? Are you looking into the eye of what's in front of you, the struggle, and it's striking fear in you because you've sized him up how big he is and how much bigger he is than you? I'm telling you today, your God is bigger than any problem you could ever face. Your God is bigger than that cancer. Your God is bigger than that disease. Your, your God is bigger than COVID. Your God is bigger than any depression. Your God is bigger than any situation. Don't just be the surveyor of the mountain and say how big it is. Look at the elevation of it. Look how vast it is. Look at the, the, the sharp rocks that you have to climb up to conquer it. Don't look at the, the vastness of this great mountain that is in front of you. The jagged rocks that you have to climb up. And the deep crevices that you could fall into when you consider your struggle. A mountain that is ahead of you. Don't consider how many have died trying to conquer this mountain. Don't consider that. When you've got a God that is so much bigger than your mountain. You hear me? When you've got a God that is so much bigger than your mountain. He's, he's worked miracles before. He can do it again. You've seen the other side of the miracle worker. But what we need to do is be the recipient of your mountain cast into the sea. And totally forgotten. <laughs> Sickness be healed. Depression be at peace. Temptation be overcome. Lost family be saved. Speak it out of your mouth here today. Hey Amen. I, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to this word. I want to give you an opportunity. You've been looking too long at how big the, 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 the enemy is. But God has a miracle for you. You're set up for a miracle. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. But I want you to run to this altar. I don't want you to stop and walk. I want you to run to this altar. You've got to have a time of looking at our God. Of how big he is. There are some here that have faith that is rising inside of you. There is a miracle for you. You're set up for a miracle. I want you to speak it out of your mouth today if you're sick. Sickness, be healed. Oh, I want you to speak it today. Depression, be gone and God heal it.
Oh, yes. Depression, be gone. Temptation, be overcome. It's not too big for my God. Oh, my God is so much bigger. He fills the universe and beyond. He fills the heavens. He fills every inch, every point of every struggle we've been in. Amen. You could go to the highest heights, you're going to find him there. You could go to the lowest depths, you're going to find him there. You're going to go to the farthest point of the left or the right, you're going to find him there. He's bigger than your struggle. Give it to God. Release it to God. Open it up out of your mouth right now. I speak it. I speak my deliverance. I speak my victory. I speak my deliverance today in Jesus' name. 